be shift boss. Okay, radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vet bag. Yeah, stitcher up there. Thanks, mate. Yeah, right, copy that. Look, it's a sad day. TK is like couldn't back up for round two. <laughs> <laughs> Literally drove out the driveway as soon as I got here. <laughs> you saw you coming, Matt. Yeah. Yes. Weary Clates, how are we, gents? Yeah, yep. good, mate. No, yeah. thank you. Oh, I'm not bad. Not Excellent. bad. The, uh, I was talking to someone in the car. It, like, There's a lot of always keen punter interest when there's a precision chat coming up. <laughs> just, to, just to float your egos for the day. Yes, tickle your yeah. egos for the day. Right. We've got a bit on. We've got to talk half, half yearly reporting. Bit yep. of the uh, gold development, oh, look, struggles, disasters going on in the equity side and Weary's macro. Weary, <laughs> what's been happening on the bi- in the big end of town, Cobber? Yeah, it, it's so uh, what we uh, made in January, we've given back in February. So uh, from a resources perspective, anyhow, so, uh, you know, the market uh, was sort of plus 6% in uh, Jan and uh, in uh, Feb. We've given back six and a half percent, and perhaps even a bit more because the the market basically went into risk off mode. Um, you know the lithium stocks, especially at the uh, you know the more exploration uh, end of town. Obviously, the big boys are still printing it, which you guys all uh, allude to. But um, yeah, we really went into risk off um, mode, and it was it was sort of driven you know by the same factors so there's nothing really new out there as such with regard to you know inflation and and uh, rising rates sort of globally uh, except you had another round of really strong uh, employment numbers out of the US and also retail sales and you know it sort of starts to spook the market that you know 25 basis point uh, rate rises might become 50 again and also could you you know because inflation is tapering off there's no two ways about it but you know we're starting to see you know some worrying data that it may reignite again and that's what will really uh cause the fed to have to crank up the the uh, rate rises again and then that increases the uh, i suppose likelihood of a recession but more so the depth of the recession where in the US, you're almost at the point now, it's the recession they have to have. Um, so it's just a amount of the, uh, you know, how severe that's going to be. And, um, you know, the Federal Reserve chairman's basically come out and said, you know, we would rather overshoot on rate rises because we've got the ability to wind them back pretty quickly when we need to uh, than not go hard enough. So with that in mind, it's, uh, it's, it's been a pretty difficult month across the board. Um, you, and you've had commodity prices in general, uh, you know, taper off, you know, uh, uh, copper prices eased, um, as has the nickel price. And, uh, you know, I think probably the, 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 the one commodity being gold that gives the market a lot of confidence, especially at our end of town, uh, in, the, in the resources side from you know, junior exploration and all, all the way through, um, you know, the gold price got fi- uh, thumped, you know, $50 uh, US in uh, in one night and then followed it up with a, a, a couple of 30s and a 20. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so that confidence uh, came out of the gold price, flowed over into market sentiment. So we're now at a point of, uh, you know, prices easing back, um, volumes are, are drying up. So it's a, it's a pretty, uh, I suppose, typical trend 
uh, that we get into from time to time. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just ride this through for another month or so and uh, see what happens with the next round of numbers and, and how the Fed responds uh, with their rate rises. And, uh, you know, confidence will be uh, driven by that. In, in Australia, where, where um, you know, it's, it's not as severe in, in Australia, the, the so-called uh, experts out there are talking maybe one to two rate rises. It's probably uh, looking more like two 25-point basis uh, point rises uh, still to come from the uh, RBA. Um, so where, where uh, our economy could probably have a bit more of a softer landing than what the uh, uh, US needs. So, uh, um, you know, we're sort of still quite confident on uh, uh, the Australian economy overall. Uh, but market-wise, you know, I think the outlook short term is caution. And, you know, I just can't help but think, you know, everything you read with regard to uh, uh, commodity stockpiles, you know, EV demand, yes, the lithium price has tapered off hard, but um, I, I just can see these sectors riding again as we go through this energy transformation and this transformation into this EV theme and China re-emerging. I, I just think the whole uh, cycle has another leg to it with regard to these EV metals across the board. So you're going to have ebbs and flows along the way. Um, but uh, at at the moment we're uh, we're going through a bit of a trough, and uh, yeah, ultimately we'll come out of that and rise again. Do you think these rate rises are going to have a different impact on, say, retail uh, retail people, discretionary industries, and a different impact on, or any impact on the cost pressures in the mining industry? Yep. Well, obviously, um, I, I think we're all already starting to see. Uh, you know these rate impacts in Australia, in particular. I mean, the the consumer in the US is is proving to be pretty strong. But uh, yes, ultimately, I think um, you know it's having a significant impact. As you see, um, you know, fixed mortgages come up for maturity um, over the course of the next twelve months, and they're coming out of a you know a one to two percent environment into a six to seven percent it's like uh, jfc 2.0 yeah, is yeah it? that's when it's really going to hit home and, and a lot of people have never seen a rate rise in the last 10 years correct so. yeah they just haven't been in that environment no. and and know, people with eight million dollar houses in sydney yeah <laughs> that are literally to their eyeballs in major payments yeah like this would be really hitting it, them it, over there it's really going to hurt and uh, obviously their disposable income is going to be dented, so that's going to flow on into retail sales. But also, you know, uh, you know, we're a bit unique in WA, so it's very much a two-speed economy. Um, you know, our housing market's still pretty robust, but uh, on the east coast, it, it's it's already starting to hit home. So yes, there's, there's definitely going to be an Im impact. Uh, uh, retail housing prices, um, cost inflation. I'll get Andy to talk to. Uh, uh, some of the specific examples that we're seeing of how cost inflation is hitting the miners across the board, and also just that uh, from an operating cost perspective, the amount of free cash that they're generating versus what they were 12 months ago has, has just done a full about turn. Yeah, right. Half yearly, Clades. Yes, mate. We're in reporting, so we'll start with some. We don't want to start straight away with the bad news. We'll go with the good <laughs> ones. Pil Pilbara Minerals. The, uh, the yes, printing continues. The printing. I mean, it was um, you know pretty much expected, but it was a really a cracking result. Um, you know, you could you could see, see from the cash generation that they'd already reported, sort of thing. But 
headline number of EBITDA of 1.8 billion, a net profit of 1.2 billion. But to give you an idea, EBITDA was up over a thousand percent. You know, net profit up 990 uh, percent. You know, they finished the half of the cash balance of 2.23 billion, and probably the surprise for the market on most analysts was they. Uh, declared a maiden dividend of 11 cents per share, fully frank, which we'll see sort of 330 million come out. And it, you know, it's not too long ago, I remember the stock at sort of 30 cents on the bones of their ass. Um, yep. You know, when the spot price was at sort of four to 500 bucks an ounce. So uh, a really fantastic result um, from Pilbara. Um, I suppose to put it in, in gold terms, I just sort of did some rough calculations. It's the equivalent of like an eight that just for that half, they did sort of 875,000 ounces at an all-in cost of about 400 bucks an ounce, <laughs> you know, to sell it for, you know, selling it at 2,500. So that's a sort of a scale, you know, a, a Northern Star type production. Or even, but, well, even more, right? Eh? Like, uh, Northern really, Star, yeah, what are a they, bit more two for and half? half. Oh, they're 1.6 for the year. Yeah. Uh, going to two. Oh, sorry, half year. Yeah, know. these are half yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, but at, at uh, quarter the costs. And one site. And one site, one operation. Yeah, so an absolutely, you know, phenomenal result, um, you know, from those guys. Uh, yeah, f- f- full credit to that. Minres also had had their result out. You know, they've got the the, the other divisions. Similarly, their lithium business um, absolutely, you know, killed the pig. I think there's EBITDA of about 900, 930 million. Uh, you know, they did a deal to swap further equity in um, in Wajina for a couple of trains uh, with, with the Chinese. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're printing cash from that business, uh, you know, on the conference call. Uh, Chris said that, you know, they're not going to demerge the, the, the lithium business. There's some speculation, so they're going to keep it all in-house, but that's certainly the, the powerhouse driver of their earnings at the moment. And with, I suppose, Pilbara, the fact that they've retained 100% of yes. that asset can, you know, with Min- Minreza, JV, and all yeah. their other ones with Wajner and Mount Marion. Yeah. Um, whereas Pilbara, they're just Pilbara's breaking gone. the whole I, I, thing. I mean, the Minreza is a bit because because they're going, you know, further downstream. Yeah. And that's the whole strategy is to, uh, you know, get the value, you know, the value uplift of going, you know, producing the uh, the, the hydroxide and the carbonate sort of thing. So, uh, which is what they've done, but um, no, no, a, a, a ripping result from Pilbara. And, about. and look, the price appears to be hanging on for the meantime. The spot, you mean? Yeah, the spot price is the uh, the hydroxide price and the carbonate price up in China's has come off. Um, we haven't yet seen that really flow through in, um, in into the spot price and the fact that Pilbara uh, sort of in their last auction where they were, you know, tradition historically just selling. Um, Straight spodumene went down and um, to lithium uh, hydroxide, sold it into that without just sort of disclosing the price sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But you would expect the spod price to come off um, uh, with, with that lag yep. um, of the hydroxide. But still, if you're in production now and generating cash, then, um, yeah, uh, as you can see from those Pilbara numbers, um, very, very strong. Yeah, yeah. and this, and in a, <laughs> in a high-cost inflation environment as well and still printing that amount of yeah, cash. Yeah, that's right. Which it makes well, it even more impressive. Well, that's right. I mean, the reality is, you know, those sort of margins, you know, costs, whether they go up 20 30%, 40%, it doesn't really matter when you, you know, when you're looking at, you know, your revenue of $2.18 billion and EBITDA of 1.8, so you're sort of $300 million of costs on that on, on that revenue. It's, it's uh, not immaterial, but it's, it's certainly not what the market focuses on. So that eleven cent dividend, so that three hundred mil they're pumping three thirty, yep. three thirty, and considering how much cash they've still got on the balance yep. sheet, is there 
pipeline for future bigger dividends? Would they? Oh, do, I think do you absolutely. Investing that money, like what's there? Oh, they are. They're they're looking at taking you know production ultimately to a million tons um, of of spod sort of thing with with some expansion. So, you know, they want to hold some back, but I think it's a great sign. You know, real sort of fiscal discipline from the companies to, uh, you know, want to you know start relatively small um, and 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 then grow that, but um, rather than. So, sort of these ad hoc, where you know you pay it out of, um, you know, but investors. Look, it's just the maturity of a company, really, when when you can start paying sort of dividends out of your cash flow. Where's their remind me their their downstream processing, Pilbara? Oh, well, they're not, but they're looking at doing a, a JV with um, POSCO to, yeah. to to look at doing that. So, is it all yeah. getting directly shipped? Now? Yeah, so it's all the concentrates getting shipped okay. at the moment up to China. Yep, yep. And the capex on that expansion, Andy, if they're given a number, so they have given a number. Uh, I think it's like four to five hundred. Yep, you have to back. Yep, yeah, yep. Mm. So plenty, yeah. plenty of plenty, balance sheet. Yeah, yeah plenty of balance sheet capacity. And I think the, the government is funding part of it as yeah. well. I think there's yep. a two hundred fifty million dollars, yep. which uh, you yeah, know they probably don't need. But there'd be a few CR people thinking, as, send it our way if you don't mind. But that's why, as, as opposed to the government taking weary super fund money off him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty safe from the thresholds there. <laughs> yeah, you weren't investing in tea trees, were you? Like, like the old, the, all the miners that got burnt back in the day. Yeah, right. The tea tree scheme. Uh, no, that's right. Right. What about the, look, the gold sector, heavily, heavily publicised at yeah. the moment, a lot of. Look, there's not many standouts. That's that's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And as you said, a lot of look the free cash that is available is heavily offset by a lot of uh, debt. Yeah, debt. On just just the ongoing investing. You know what they've got to you know spent sustaining capital and growth capital that they call it sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's you know it was a real half of the have and have not sort of thing. So you saw. Yeah, you know, we just did some stats. Um, you know, the like the end of last year, you know, end of FY twenty two, average oil in costs are about fifteen hundred uh, uh, yep. across the range. Uh, this this half, the end of this half, they were up, up at seventeen eighty five. So you'd seen, wow. you know, costs increase. You know, sort of two hundred and seventy bucks. Um, yes, you know, the gold price had gone up on that. So you'd gone sort of average price had gone from sort of two hundred and thirty dollars an ounce up to sort of two hundred two thousand five. Sorry, two thousand three hundred. 2,300 to 2,500. So, you know, nice little kick up there, but not quite offsetting the um, thing. But probably the real number is, you know, you, you, you're investing cash flow. So we sort of worked it out on a per ounce basis. Uh, you know, f- for last year, it had gone from sort of 580 bucks an ounce to $635 an ounce. So you had, you know, operating cash flow come down, investing cash flow come uh, increasing, which meant your free cash had gone from about average of about 300 bucks an ounce down to about $99 an ounce. So is that is that the general the general theme and consensus that that a lot of future capital growth is needed to combat these higher prices? They they, they need to get more ounces out per annum to combat the uh, rise in costs. Well, it's both. So a lot of it is sustaining capital, just that they're staying business capital, yeah. and then uh, you know that you've got to keep you know continually reinvest in these operations. But then it's also looking at growth projects and trying to spell that. I mean the. Uh, uh, you know the standout for cash generation was probably was Perseus. Um, so they, you know, they generated free cash for about over two hundred million um, for the half. You know, an outstanding result from their three mines over in Africa. Uh, we haven't yet seen the, the the WAF Capricorn or Emerald final re- reports, but they all generated, you know, in my numbers. You know, your WAF, your, 
for their full year, they'd be uh, cash generation of sort of a hundred million. Um, similarly, Capricorn for the half generate would have generated free cash, and so same with Emerald. Um, and at the other end of the scale, you sort of the waves of St Barbara were just sort well, of well, make the pain stop there, isn't it? <laughs> so it was a four hundred mil impairment yeah. for the oh, the impairment for for Atlantic and uh, Simbiri, um, and and then their actual you know you know operations. If you look. So explain, sorry, explain an impairment to me. Is that the write down in the value of the asset? Correct. Yeah. So even though so they, always, that's for that means they overpaid four hundred million. Correct. Away. So they always say it's a non-cash impairment, but at some stage, there has been cash or shares issued for for that value of that yeah. asset. So they they bought Atlantic for eight hundred and eighty million or something like that, uh, and they raised money at you know well north of two dollars. I think it was two eighty or something at the time. Um, and that and that was the book value of that asset, that asset. And then every year, you know, the orders make you say, you know, like with your gold price forecasts and your costs and all that, you know, what 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 is the uh, carrying value of that asset? And, and what do you reckon it means for the Genesis deal? Uh, well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, that deal was announced in mid December, and um, knowing the Genesis, to, you know, that 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 the, the quarterly wasn't a shock to them. They knew well and no, truly for sure what was all that. Yep. Uh, I think what the market was probably, un- you know, it's, it is worse than, you know, their financial situation is probably worse than the market was anticipating. Yep. There are some clauses in that deal that if St. Barbara draw down a net, net debt of greater than $40 million, that, that that the deal could fall away. So there are, you know, Genesis aren't. So they're going to have to go deal. back to the table as well. Oh, I, I, you know, you saw the initial reaction was, the St. Barbara price went up because you, they were spinning off that Phoenician metals, yep. which was the Atlantic, Simbiri, and a bit of cash, um, and and some of their equity investments, um, and and Genesis was funding that to a certain extent with yep. that with that equity raise that they were doing that two hundred seventy five, um, and, and St. Barbara went so with the value, you know imp- imputed value for that for that spin off. Um, now, you know, I think some of their sh- Genesis shareholders and potential, you know, people that are putting into the place may look at that and say, well, we don't think there should be that much value ascribed for that spin-off on those assets. Um, you know, we'd like to recut the deals yep. sort of thing. So, uh, you know, that, that that's all going to be sort of fleshed out in the next couple of months yep. uh, with the scheme document um, and, you know, the, the court appearances sort of thing, uh, going, going to court sort of thing. Well, and hypothetically, if the – which could – happen the same Barbara share price goes back to sort of where it was before yep. the, the takeover well it's what, what would happen there what's the consequence would that well, it's, mean it's, Genesis it's, are paying a bit over for it well they're paying yeah because ultimately like Genesis gets some Barbara shares and Genesis shareholders because it then gets wrapped into Hoover House yeah. um, so it's a two for one ratio and then they get a spin-off of if you're a some Barbara shareholder now you get a, a, an entitlement to the Phoenician metals um, which is the spin-off which I just described. So, um, you know, and they are pretty much back to that price where the deal was first announced sort of thing. So it really comes down to, um, yeah, I, I suppose the, the Genesis view on the long-term potential because this is all, these are these have been known issues, but I suppose their quarterly report, their, their half-yearly where you saw a, you know, to give you an idea, an EBIT margin, EBITDA margin of 13%, you know, so they made $44 million you know, your average across the board at the moment, you know, is is is, is it about was it thirty six for the half? So they were, I think they were the lowest on our numbers. Um, you know, compared to sort of a, you know, WAF, Capricorn, Emerald, and Perseus, all that around that fifty percent EBIT 
EBITDA margin. Um, you know, so they were well well down on the scale, which was you know nothing nothing surprising there. You could see it from the quarterly reports, but it just sort of um, I suppose highlighted it. So we will see what happens. Yep, is for on the like Capricorn and the likes, the big open pit operations, are they still feeling the pressure of is diesel prices still a big pressure for the uh, haulage in those yeah, operations? Yes, um, but for the haulage and stuff, um, absolutely. Um, but they seem to be able to manage um, those costs more effectively than a lot of the other guys. And I think really a lot of it, uh, you know, it's to do with the management teams in- involved in these operations. Um, we've had proven proven performers uh, that, that you know really tied on costs you know know exactly what they what they need to do um, you know being able to work with their contractors um, for, 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 for the benefit of both uh, both companies uh, certainly you know um, you know Capricorn have had a long-standing relationship with Macca uh, as, as has Emerald you know they're using Macca up in um, up in Cambodia so I think those um, yeah it's it's Proven, proven performers, and and nothing more so in this inflationary environment where you've seen, you know, the teams being able to control the costs, and unfortunately, some of these uh, the developers that have moved, you know, built projects in this cycle um, and are commissioning or sort of trying to ramp up have have run into all sorts of difficulties um, and requiring, um, you know, most of them to go back to the the equity markets. Um, where's Mount the Mount Gibson develop? Going for the, oh, for so Capricorn. When's when's that in the pipeline? So that that they've just completed. Um, I think they did about 110, 120,000 metres of drilling. Uh, they they've updated the resource. Basically, they're up uh, new uh, maiden reserve slash feasibility should be out. I think in the next month or so, yeah. and then they would look to um, you know to commit to develop that. I think they'll be able to. Uh, I think it will be a sort of a circa. Four to five, probably a five million ton per annum, you know, maybe a gram, ninety percent recoveries. You're looking at probably one hundred and fifty thousand ounces. You know, gut feel, oil in costs maybe thirteen, fourteen hundred Aussie still making. Um, anyone else would be probably plus three hundred. Yep, on that. I think yep. these guys might have a two in it. Might t- yeah, yeah, low twos. Yep. Um, so. And what's that? Just uh, due to done it before. Done it before. Do it again in-house, the, the in-house team that builds these things is, you know, the same with with Emerald sort of things. So they still use uh, outside people, you know, for, but but they do all their feasibility stuff in-house, and yeah. they, you know, in terms of uh, you know letting letting the contracts. Um, it's not just giving it to a third party to go and okay, you go and build that sort of thing. So that's really, you know, so they built Carla Winder for I think one hundred and sixty million, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, where you've seen sort of recent developments where, you know, people don't have, you know, you don't have that in-house expertise and that's, and that's really the, probably the, is the key difference. And is, do you think this whole environment at the moment, this rising cost environment is a, a deterring from projects like, like say, Osgold's Catanning, like those new projects that yeah. come online, are they really halting the progress of those, the capital coming for those projects? Uh, it certainly makes it harder. Uh, less appealing less and, and and less appealing so which you know you look at that Osgold, you know the Osgold project and they they put out a PFS showing you know capital of sort of 200 slightly over 200 that could you know they're now doing a DFS that you know what and talking about a larger potentially a larger scenario I mean you know we, we quite like that project where well, we do like the project but but 
you know, you have to wait for the numbers to see how that all spits out. But the flip side is because of those inflationary pressures, there are just not, not many growth options out there for established producers that can develop it. And so, you know, hence you've got an Ausgold cap to, what is it, we're about 90 million yeah, sort of thing. just under 100. Yeah. They, they seem pretty big on doing studies at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the end of December, I think they had about six and a bit in the bank. So, you know, they're, they're in that awkward position because there's only so far you can go with these things and then you're having, having to go back to the well yeah. to raise more capital. And, you know, given the fact that, they've, you know, they've got a, you know, I think it's a 1.2 million ounce, million ounce yeah. uh, reserve yep. uh, with a 2.2 million ounce resource inventory. They, I mean, they're in a good position for one of these mid-cap uh, producers to come in and have a lash at them. But... Again, it's just a matter of what that capex figure and doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, also, price of land down there, you know that that's quality farmland. You know, if they're going to go and buy the land freehold, you know, there's a, there's another significant item that they need to take into account. Um, but again, that's one of the more advanced projects. You yeah. Have to I mean, they've still got to complete their DFS. So for that's, sure, that's what they're sort of doing at the moment. Sort yep. of things. So. But is one of the risks coming that when all these, like, say, the capital does start flowing into Australia to get all these projects online? There's say so much construction capability of GR engineering to build all these mills. Yeah. Would it all? Will that be another pressure that will come on? Is actually having the people to build it? All? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, yeah. and and that's. Um, you know, like, um, yeah, GRs like a podium. I mean, like a podium is some, I mean, they tend to be more, in, well, they do a lot of stuff in Australia, but more in Africa, you know, they are the African specialists. They've done yeah. a lot of the, you know, the Perseus and the WAFs and um, all that sort of work. Um, Tieto, I'm pretty sure they did Tietos as well sort of thing. So, yeah, that people constraint, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Red 5, gone to the shake and the tin again. Again, yes. Um, and I guess the, the history of shaking the tin is is the big i guess the issue here how much they've had to raise yeah compared to what they initially forecasted to get king of the hill back up and going that's Gives right. us a bit of context there Clyde. yeah so i, I mean um I, yeah so so basically in june last year they were sort of um completed on king of the hills well they said that you know june july last year uh which was a 226 million dollar spend um and they were sort of ramping that up they had they had the dalo operation that was probably break even at best, probably losing money uh, on that. But King of the Hills was the real. And they funded that with, I think it was $175 million debt. Uh, and they'd also raised a chunk of equity along the way sort of thing. Uh, in October this year, they raised $60 million, um, with the with, with, with the commentary at the time was, oh, we let our creditors get out. Uh, you know, we'll be using, you know, 40 of that to repay, you know, get creditors back to normal line, which... Which is often the case when the you know it's that classic working capital hurdle where you actually go into production, but you forget you know that just there's cost overruns, and by the time you know that the, the plant might take a little bit longer to get up there, you still got to pay all your contractors and all the mining guys and all that. Uh, and and then I suppose the shock was because at the end of the quarter, I was just looking at it. They said they had I think 28 million in cash um, plus eight million in debt service reserve account, so maybe a or it might have been 28, yeah, and eight. So it was, yeah, circa 20 in, in cash. You sort of thought, oh, they might be able to scrape for it. You know, they've declared commercial production in December. And then in February, um, it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the market was hit with a, another another $80 million raise. Uh, and of that, they're talking about $30 million, you know, going to creditors sort of thing. So, um, you know, John McDonald from, from Argonaut, you know, wrote a very good note just, 
just sort of talking about how would they when those projects are in in construction that the average, you know the investors are, are left in the dark because they're actually not report you know they don't have to report their creditors on a quarterly basis it's just uh, just on the half yearlies so you know red red five disclosed that they they you know their, their creditors are buying out to 80 85 million uh hence they needed to you know raise his money and you know sell them down along with you know still holding a fair bit of debt sort of thing so uh you know unfortunately you know the equity guys you know get crunched so it was it was happily trading at you know sort of in that 20 to 25 cent band with a view that production was going to ramp up and suddenly you're smashed with a 80 million dollar raise at, at 13 cents um and just you know dilutes the hell out of of them all sort of thing and and really and if they ever do start making money, all those shareholders that diluted from the future Correct. earnings. Like, so they, yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of, sort of cap. So even, you know, if they get it all right, you know, it's a it's a fair fair way back to sort of twenty five thirty. You know, I think I, I do remember. I think Saracen selling out their block at Red Five at sort of thirty cents, probably three years ago when they Chain. had had King of the Hills. So is that going to be enough to get them through to full um, you know, steady right, state? On, on on John's numbers. Um, you know, which 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 are which are very good. He sort of thinks they need to need to basically do forty eight thousand ounces a quarter for the okay. next sort of yep. six months to basically you know cover their costs and repay their debt sort of thing. So he thinks they're sort of you know he's saying you know zero cash surplus from operations in the next six months sort of thing. Going to so, be line ball. Yeah. So mm. it's you know and and when you've got you know for, you know when you've got the banks breathing down your neck. Oh, yeah. um, and often they'll you know they'll have a gun to the head going, which I'm sure yeah yeah you know, that's part. So what's of that. the the blowout at King of the Hills from what they said and where it's ended up? It's it's always one of those hard ones because they've got a current operation as well. But yeah. you have to think, you know, that from the headline number of two twenty six is probably at least probably a hundred hundred fifty yeah uh, blowout on that blowout plus working capital yeah yep um, type thing. So. Um, you know, and if you're uh, know, any any investor there, it, 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 it sort of makes it hard to to go into these development projects because mm-hmm. the the success rate's been pretty low. I mean, really, in the last few years, you've had Capricorn um, that have done a you know a, a fantastic job. You know, WAF over in um, over in Africa, Emerald up in Cambodia, yeah, um, and Perseus to a certain extent. Yeah. on their newer operations, um, the majority are open pit too, like King of the Hills. Yeah, probably underground, isn't well, it? Well, no, it's starting off at an open. Pit. Oh, yeah, yeah, a, a big, but it's a big mill. You know, you're talking four or five million tons, forming, um, you know, feeding a big open, uh, open pit mill. Um, sorry, it's a big open pit. Then it goes underground about year three to four, sort of thing. Um, you know, and the flip side, you know, the the the, the ones moving in there, you know, your Red Five, your Pantoro, Calidus has had issues, um, and you know, and Gascon as well, sort of thing. Yeah, and they're just resuming trading. Are they? Uh, they're resuming they're trading. I think early March, but they've just recapitalised the business. So, so it was fifty mil at fifty 10 mil cents. Yep, I think. at ten cents. So, so I think significantly they down because they were twenty five cents. I think they were around twenty five. Yep. 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 Wow, that's a and look, take give us a bit. It was that to recapitalise at half the share price. Yes. Is that what does that? Um, is that desperate times? To, is that oh, that's the only way to get it done? Or yeah, that's- absolutely. I think in, in in those situations, you are a, if you're a company, you are a price taker, not a price maker. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know they brought in a um, a private equity firm, Tembo, um, 
that are putting in twenty million dollars. Uh, Delphi's it, and well. and Delphi Group as well, who's who's been one of their sort of major shareholders. Um, they're, they're they're committing to putting in more dollars. That um, and there's also an entitlements issue. NRW, who are the contractor up there, are getting um, uh, getting repaid out of some of the proceeds. But it's all about for them for for, for the you know Gascoigne. What is it? Gascoigne three point zero or four point zero? <laughs> One of those, like that, you know, because they put the mill on care and maintenance. It's about drilling out the never never deposit, which looks, you know, pretty interesting. It's a new discovery, nice, good, good grade. Term, you know, it's for sort of 300,000 ounces, um, you know, it's sort of four and a half grams, um, you know, a nice pipe there that they think, you know, if you could blend that in with some other open pitable ore. And, and that's really the plan. They're not looking at getting back into production, they're looking at, like this is this is money to be raised to for, for expiration. Because, they're talking eighteen months down the track, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, you know, so at least they're not going to jump straight back in and no. and suffer the same problems. Yes. Rather, go out and uh, you know try and build never never. I think up to sort of six hundred thousand plus yeah, ounces. That's, that's right. At 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 grade. Yep. Um, where you can justify turning it back on. Yeah. No. No. That's right. So. Uh, you know, there's a big mill there, two and a half million tons. So you want to make sure that you, you know you've got you can see a runway of at least probably four to five years. Yeah. Um, given the history of that asset. And what? Because they in that region, like, I think we did the on the rare earths episode. They, the <laughs> the Gascoigne, as they said, described Gascoigne was sort of a drive through area usually. But there's a lot of rare earth. There's a lot of yeah, rare earth stuff coming along. They might be able race. They might be able to convert the mill to a rare earth plant <laughs> in the future as a possible option. So, <laughs> That's all right. There's free advice for you. <laughs> That's all right. Good luck. Right. Exactly. So um, yeah. So there's been a bit. Yeah, been a bit happening over the last. Um, Last month or so, in the in in the gold space. So, uh, what's to look out for this half? Do you think? Who's the? I guess the movers. Where's the movement going to come from? What do you got your eye on? Um, oh, certainly the uh, the Capricorn feasibility, um, which will be um, on 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 Mount Gibson, and there's sort of the t- timeline on that. So, so where are Emerald at with uh, Bullseye? And and Bullseye. So Emerald have been drilling away yep. uh, on Bullseye, and yep. I think uh, middle of the year would be expecting a um, an updated resource estimate out of that so they've sort of you know quietly gone about their business and um you know that looks a really interesting project you know there's already sort of 400 you know there's a nice base of 400,000 ounces but really nothing you know it's been held privately for 10 15 years i think um and so they're getting out there and having a real crack at that so an updated uh resource estimate on that um you know mid-year uh, Probably got the bed and the big projects like Julemar and Chalice like, still. Yeah, we're still waiting, waiting on. What's yep, happen there. Yeah, yes, was, I, I think you know we're waiting to see. You know, they push back their scoping study just to to, to do more sort of met test work and all that. And I suppose you know the market just wants to see you know what what products are you actually you know can this thing produce? What are the recoveries? What are the payabilities? And, you know what 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 are the economics essentially? Um, and and. Because you no. can't see a high recovery for like these multi-element. It's like it's obviously it's a difficult. It's all about processing, isn't that's it? That's right. It's all about processing. Whether it's how you're going to get the high recovery. That's right. Whether it's high pressure grinding or you know, I'm no metallurgist, but there's lots of smarter people than me. And then, but yeah, you know, the interesting thing one they were talking about, you know, they've initiated the process for maybe a strategic partnership or something like that. One of these big, you know, global miners to come in maybe and um, yeah, yeah, part partner them. Uh, on that project um otherwise in the golds uh what about newmont newmont newcrest what's your take on that 
Um, back to the going to be yeah. A bit it of looks a like they're going to have to go back to the drawing yeah. board. It sort of wasn't uh, you know much of uh, a, a premium there for uh, no. Newgrass shareholders. So you know essentially from where the price yeah, is, yeah, the offer has essentially been rejected. Um, you know that probably Newmont have probably got a bit up their sleeve if You'd they really so. wanted. Um, yeah, I, I think ultimately Newmont will probably end up with it, whatever that uh, you know that 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 right, uh, formula. Is. Is remains to be seen, but I think they're going to have to sweeten it to, uh, you know, get the major shareholders across the line, and yeah. then others will follow. Yeah, but I mean, why do you, why do you think they've got out of Australia now? They want to get back in beside the Boddington and Tamnamai. They're obviously they, you know, sold off Jundee and and assets, yeah. and now they seem to want to get back into that space. But they're obviously just look need to secure future answers. I think so. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's probably cheaper for them to acquire them than go and try and. Find you know, find them and drill them out organically. Um, you know, and they've got Newcrest at a bit of a, you know, a weak time where they're not without a, you know, a permanent CEO sort of thing. There's been a little bit of change. Um, yeah, there's probably, um, you know, a couple of their assets not performing as well as they might, you know, want. But you've still got, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the cash flows coming out of Ridgeway and Cadia and those sorts of operations that are, are very attractive and 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 one of the um elements is obviously the, co the copper that they produce as well so you know they're sort of saying newmont you know are, are pretty keen on getting uh, so they're looking for that copper exposure like looking for that copper exposure yeah. when they get that by and then just becoming sort of the you know they, what they tack on another sort of two to two two and a half million ounces and become the largest and you know the go-to name for uh if people you know the, the big global Managers want a gold exposure, you know. They they think of Newmont, so and they yeah, and there are a lot obviously a lot of copper is Wafi Goldberg is yeah. going eventually. Yeah, yep. be a lot of coming out there. So yeah, right, eh? Big half, <laughs> boys. Thanks very much for that. All good. Anything else? No, all covered. All covered. <laughs> Great day. And and, uh, and and footy uh, footy predictions, weary for the. Um... Well, I, I, I'm going to you know go a bit rogue, um, but. Uh, I reckon the Eagles will surprise on the upside oh, this year. <laughs> and, you heard uh, it here first. And and sneak into the eight. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say the Kangaroos will underperform again and finish stone motherless last again. At least you're right. Are you getting a discount on your membership this year, Clates, or what? <laughs> yes, as a as a, an away member, mate, they're, uh, they're just happy to <laughs> they're have you. They're running cheap. <laughs> right, lads, thanks very much. Thanks, mate. Good idea.